0: One, two, three,
1: four.
2: All right, welcome back to Country and Cold, Cans. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Kyle and Andy. And today we have a guest picker for this edition of Slapper Crap. It's a friend of mine and also my co-host over on our other podcast, Miserable and Reckless. Go find that on uh, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Find us on social media. Um, but yeah, welcome Ryan. Appreciate you coming on country and cold Gans.
3: No worries. Last minute, uh, last minute guest picker. That's
2: right. Last minute guest picker. (laughs) Oh, it's cool. Yeah. So you get to uh, put on your music critic hat today. (laughs) I'll do my best. Well, before we get started, I'd like to take a moment and acknowledge that today is 316 day in honor of the toughest son of a bitch in the WWF, the Texas rattlesnake himself, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, Give me a hell yeah on that one. So the uh, hell yeah, I knew Andy was going to do it. But uh, jumping right before we get into the main topic today, uh, like I said, we're doing slap or crap again, where we go through, we pick five songs that have come out relatively recently. We uh, we've all listened to them beforehand. We're going to talk about whether we think it as the is uh, is crap or as the kids say, does it slap? And uh, we'll kind of give you know some talking points on that. But before we get into that, has anybody been listening to anything? interesting lately. Kyle, I'll throw it to you, man.
0: Uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> I took, uh, I can't remember his real name. Uh, I think I'll stay here in meme we had on last year. I'm listening to uh, some of the guys he recommended. Uh, Nicholas Jamison got back on the Tyler Childers kick. Uh, and one thing I noticed, you can definitely tell the difference between the Texas scene and the, and the, Kentucky, yeah, the Kentucky scene. Kentucky's a lot more bluegrass, which is yeah. cool. But it's a lot
2: more Appalachia yeah, kind of sound which, in the music. So, yeah, you know, not as much rock, but still good. Nicholas Jamerson like his music. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nick Jamerson, too. Yeah. Um, speaking of I'll go next because you actually had a good segue for me. I've rediscovered my love for Sunday Best, which Nick Jamerson was the lead singer of. Um, I, I didn't realize that Nicholas Jamerson was the lead singer of that because I, I found those guys when I was in college. Chase O'Brien actually is the one who told me about him, how Chase found out about him. God only knows. But we... Um, I was I used to listen to them in college, and I thought they were really cool. I mean, they have kind of a unique sound because it's it's you know it's a duo. They have some other band members when they tour, but it's Nicholas Jamerson, you know, on guitar and uh, lead vocals, and then his, his uh, bandmate plays the Cajun drums. So it's kind of interesting to listen to that. It has a real rootsy sound, but um, I really dig a lot of their stuff, and uh, so I've kind of rediscovered, you know, that music from years ago. And so shout out to uh, the meme man himself from Think I'll Just Stay Here and Meme for for turning us on to these Kentucky guys. Andy, what about you?
1: Yeah, another meme man recommendation. I've been listening to some Tony Logue a lot this week. Yeah, have you and got I'll... a
2: favorite song of his?
1: Mm, that's tough. I will say I can't agree with the meme man. Earnhardt is really good. Yeah, so
2: Ryan, there's a, he has a song called Earnhardt, and it's about basically a song about him and his dad, but it's like through the lens of NASCAR. I meant to tell you about that. I think you'd like it. So I'll have to send that to you when we get done here. But uh,
3: All right. Yeah, I'm always good for any uh, father-son NASCAR
2: talk. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, what about you? What have you been listening to, man?
3: <clears throat>
2: well, you put me on the spot right before we hopped on here. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, but I was able to recover uh, a little bit quickly. Um, so, this this actually may uh, play out a little bit later on, and it may explain some of my uh, thoughts later on in the podcast. But Rustin Kelly, I think I'm okay. saying his name correctly. Um, I've been getting back into – I originally started listening to him in 2018. But the, I think it was like the Dying Star record. And then uh, he had another album that came out. I believe it was last year, but don't quote me on that. Um, kind of dealing with like uh, his his return from like alcoholism and stuff like that. And it was it's kind of interesting. Like, what does he do with his life now? Um, so that's a preview into maybe a little bit later on. And then the other band is uh, also out of Nashville. They're they're uh, Will Dorado. I don't know if you guys heard. Yeah, of
2: I don't think I've heard of them.
3: Um, they put out like five or six new songs in the last six months, and that's it's obviously leading up to a second album. Um, and then of course the third one, I don't think this, you guys are more Texas, right? But Eric Church yeah. obviously keeps releasing new music left yeah. and right.
2: Well, we're so. we're all big, uh, big church fans on this show. So, so I figured that was a safe bet,
3: but yeah, I guess that's what next month.
2: Yeah. Uh, April 16th is when heart comes out. Then, um, April 23rd, I believe soul comes out and then the, the ampersand, Records <laughs> yeah. all, only on vinyl available to the church choir um, comes out sometime either between or after. I'm not sure. But April 16th right. big date because that's when that first record, first collection of nine songs drops then. But uh, yeah, speaking of new music, also in the next like week or two, Austin Mead, another one of the younger guys out of the Texas Rock um, seen within the Texas music scene, his, his new album, black sheep, I believe it's called is dropping. Um, he, we covered a lot of, uh, one of, one of his more recent singles he did with co Wetzel called happier alone on, um, Valentine's day, ironically. And, um, so we, we, I do recommend checking that out when it comes out. So Austin Mead and black sheep coming out in a week or two. Um, all right. So, like I said, we're having a new edition of Slapper Crap. Ryan from Miserable and Reckless um, is our guest picker for this week. Um, like Quick rundown once again. Five songs relatively recent uh, come out. We we give our, our opinions on each song after we've all previously listened to them today and tell it, tell you whether we think it's crap or, as the kids say, it doesn't slap. So the first one um, is a song called Where the Neon Lies by a guy named Tristan Mares, featuring Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn. Um, just a little background on Tristan. He's been in the Texas scene for a little while. He's, been, he, he's very neo-traditional, very rem- reminiscent of 90s country. So, uh, Andy, where do you stand on Where the Neon Lies, Slap or Crap?
1: Slap. It, uh, the song just sounds so good like in their like their voices too mesh very well I thought like it wasn't like a big sharp contrast from Ronnie Dunn to to like Tristan's voice and then the word lyrically I haven't got super into it because I get mesmerized by the the sound of it every time but uh do you get as mesmerized by that as you do when you look at pictures Mm -hmm. of Parker McCollum he's got a
0: new man crush not even close
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not even close. That's the one song that the lyrics I haven't really dug that into it because I keep getting lost in into like the uh, sound of it. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> he looks
0: like he sounds.
2: Yeah, he does. It's like yeah. starch jeans, tucked-in shirt, cowboy hat—what yeah. you would expect. Yeah from a Texas guy that sings very, it's very reminiscent of like Randall King. who's a little bit of a bigger name signed to a major label now putting out songs on the radio. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're into that neo-traditional sound, um, Tristan's music was kind of up your alley, but, uh, Kyle, what about you? Where the neon lies?
0: Oh, this slaps, uh, song brings back nostalgia. Um, Brooks and Dunn is probably right there with their church for me. Huge Brooks and Dunn fan. Uh, this reminds me a lot, like the sound of it reminds me a lot of like the early 2000s, what you would hear like, like on Wednesdays, my grandma would pick me up from school. And this sounds like something that would be on the radio riding home with her. So it, it kind of scratches that nostalgia itch with it being a new song. And two, it's always good to hear Ronnie Dunn make new music. So Very it's true. a slap. Yeah.
2: So that's two slaps. I'm going to throw it over making his country and Cole debut today. Uh, Ryan, what about you?
3: So I texted Logan before this podcast and I asked him, like, should I come in hard with opinions or should I just (laughs) should I just lay back? And first things first, I went to this guy's Spotify bio. I've never heard of him before. Everything in his bio is in all caps. All right. You're 22 years old. You need to calm down (laughs) a little bit. All right. All right. You're not that exciting. Uh, Next of all. the first thing, it's interesting you guys have both brought that up because I got notes here. its I said Neon Moon may be my favorite Brooks and Dunn song. And that's yeah. literally, this song is the nephew to Neon Moon. Um, I mean, I know Ronnie Dunn wrote the original, but it's a good thing he's on this because he's borderline plagiarizing with the lyrics. Um, like I, I compared them side by side. Uh, he sings Shadows in Every Room. And then there's on the other, on the Neon Moon, it's You're in the Shadows of the Smoke-Filled Room. <laughs> um, in here, I convinced myself, sure, when we had beer after beer, I chased this whiskey down. In This Buzzing Blue Light Atmosphere, The Truth Don't Hang Around. That's on uh, Tristan's song on uh, Neon Moon. It's no telling how many tears I've sat here and cried or how many lies that I've lied, telling my poor heart she'll come back someday. I mean, this is like when they remake the original Point Break. I mean, they were both... (laughs) Beyond Moon and Point Break both came out in 1991. You'll recognize the bones immediately. So as soon as I started listening to it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of expectations here, bro. Like, you you better be able to come through on this. And quite frankly, I agree with uh, what Andy said. Their voices do go well together. I agree with what Kyle said. It's written right here. It takes me back a bit. It's kind of that sound that Midland, I think, was yeah. shooting for a couple mm-hmm. years ago. It's that real 90s. I guess you would call it neo-traditional. I just call it Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I, all that to say I it it's not crap. I'm 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 not sure it slaps, but it's it definitely leans more towards slapping than, than yeah. crapping.
2: <laughs> so yeah. So uh, uh one thing I probably should have told you before, but we do kind of you can do on a scale. Doesn't have to be slap necessarily or crap. Sounds like you're giving it a light slap.
3: Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like Midland. It's just um uh, It's good.
0: Yeah. I'll it's, give him a pass on how close the lyrics are just because Ronnie Dunn's on the song. Oh, I'm sure they. I'm
3: sure that's why he got him yeah. to sing, right? More than
2: likely, avoids a lawsuit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Their voices do go really well together, and as soon as I was listening to it, I was like, "This is this is well done." Yeah, this is definitely well done.
2: I agree. That's a good segue for me because um, this is generally up my alley. I mean, I grew up on '90s country, grew up on early 2000s country, and this smacks right, you know, down the road for that, that kind of stuff. It's and the nostalgia factor for me, that kind of like neo traditional sound because a lot of these guys are around my age, a little maybe to a few years older. They grew up listening to the same stuff, so it's kind of makes sense that some of these guys in the more traditional vein in the Texas scene are making music that sounds like this, and. I, at the same time, he's not reinventing the wheel here, right? Wheel here, right? He, um, I mean, it's just your your normal um, country song about being in a dimly uh, lit bar to escape the reality of a girl being gone. Um, I, I do like the line about the jukebox keeping your heart from breaking. I think that's pretty strong. Um, but to Kyle's point earlier, anytime you get Ronnie done giving vocals on anything, I think it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a, a moderate slap on my end, just because it's generally. Right up my alley, but at the same time, it's, it's not anything he's, I mean, it's nothing trailblazing, but I mean, it's, a, it's an enjoyable song. All right. So moving away from Texas a minute over to the mainstream. I know that we have some, um, uh, strong opinions from our guest picker on this next artist. Um, we, we have our own opinions on country and Coke Hands on some of this stuff, but we're moving into the realm with Thomas Rhett with, he just released a, um, a, a three song EP that, um, is a bit rootsier. It's a return to some of his old previous stuff. But the song in particular that we examined for this episode is Growing Up by Thomas Rett. So I'm going to throw it over to Ryan, since you're the uh, re- resident Tommy Rett fan here.
3: All right. So for those that don't know, um, Tommy Rett, as I like to refer to him, um, was uh, one of the first concerts that I was able to see for him when he was actually kind of coming out. He was up in Baltimore with a bunch of friends, and I was like, I think this guy's going places. Um seen him a bunch of times since then, Delaware, Tortuga, a bunch of other times. Um spent a lot of time in Nashville, also in his neck of the woods over by Lipscomb where he went to school. So kind of been out in his hood and 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 seen a lot of different places he talked about and mentions. So I'm excited for this first release of his double uh double album. It's coming out on what, April 30th. And uh and listening to three songs he's put out so far. I think it's clear he's had a lot to learn over the past few years, being a father, going through the pandemic, everything else. Uh, we mentioned it a couple of times, but I got two new fathers over on the miserable and reckless pod with me. And it's kind of fun to watch them go through life. Uh, you got those little eyes looking up at them and everything else. So all that to say, um, this song, when I listened to it for the first time, um, I actually did text Logan privately about it because it kind of hit home for me. Um, the beginning of this song sounds exactly like Tom Petty's "It's All It'll All Work Out. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that. The, um, I can't tell if it's a Kodo or not, um, which is like a Japanese instrument. It was, that was just the instrument that they were using in that Mike Campbell was playing in the uh, It'll All Work Out song, but it sounds exactly the same. Um, and I just, that was the first thing I thought of. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I like the line ain't come a long way, but I've come a little hanging out somewhere in the middle. Guess you would get a little older, a little wiser, a little more turn that cheek. And then when he talks about having a little less whiskey in his cup, uh, that's definitely something I've had to learn over the years, <laughs> especially when I've gotten married. Um, uh, and I'm not blaming her for that. I'm just saying. Uh, probably for the best. Logan knows pretty much every night we've hung out in person, there's been some, uh, there's been some wildness, there's some crazy time. <laughs> so, uh, I like the this, this slaps. Um, I was a fan as soon as it came out. That's my long and short
2: version of saying that it's great. All right, so we got one slap on the board. Kyle, what about you growing up? Thomas Rhett.
0: I'll give it a slap. Uh, Thomas Rhett is, when he has highs, he has really high highs, and then he can just have
2: really, really bad lows. South Side. song (laughs) about shaking your ass the whole time.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, man, he makes songs for college-age women and women. I mean, they love Thomas Rhett. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. He's an attractive guy, but I mean, this is a good song. Uh, there's a couple songs that I really like by him. Uh, beer came fixed, but with John Party. Uh the one he did with his dad's really good. The name is Escaping Me. Um, Drink a little beer. It's a good song. Um, so I'll give. I mean, like like uh, Ryan said, he had some some good some catchy lyrics in it. Um, I think a lot of it. I'm not a father, but, uh, you know, you do get older. Um, I can't drink quite as much whiskey on a Tuesday night as I used Some to. Some wiki? Some wiki, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a good song. Uh, I won't say it's like a, a banger slap, but it's a it's a solid slap.
2: Yeah. All right, so two slaps. I'll go next because um, after Ryan texted me uh, about this song, I went and checked it out because I, I know, like, he and my older brother are much bigger TR fans than I am. Um, I, I, I kind of miss the era of Thomas red back in like 2013 with that first record because we were all like 19, Um, uh, well me, Andy and Kyle were all 19, um, back then. And that was like one of the albums that kind of came out. We were all like listening to a lot at the time and, uh, we were, we were all fans of that. And then he kind of started to become, he wanted to be country Bruno Mars for a little while. Some of it was pretty catchy and some of it's enjoyable music, not country in the slightest. Um, but it, it's enjoyable music. But some of it's just downright bad at the same time. So I'm going to say something that I probably have never said on this podcast nor on our Twitter, and that's that I like a Thomas Red song. I really, really like this song. Uh, Growing Up is a fantastic song. It's It has a rootsier sound than a lot of his previous stuff, as I mentioned earlier. He said that this record's going to sound like it did back when he was listening to Eric Church all the time, and I think that's only a good thing. And but it's still solidly mainstream. I mean, it's still it's still platable enough to the soccer moms and to the the audience that radio caters to. But I like this song because it's a song about self awareness and responsibility. I mean, you can't be twenty years old forever, and you get, it, it's kind of hit me because now at twenty seven, I definitely kind of you you kind of learn that you're not you don't know as much as you thought you knew when you were younger. You the older you get, the more you realize you there's a lot you don't know, and this song kind of really highlights that. But at the same time. There's still a little bit of that kid that you were, as the song says, still in you. And uh, to Ryan's point, I love the line about little less jack in my cup. I guess I'm growing up because it's just a, a true to life line. So I'm going to give it a, a regular slap on this one. Um, I like this song. Andy, what about you?
1: I'm gonna go off of what you said too. That it. This is the first song I've heard in Thomas Rhett in a while that made me want to go back and listen to his first album, not never hear another Thomas Rhett song again. So that was a nice change. I'm gonna give it a slap, and I like the a uh, little less Jack in my cup line as well. But I also kind of like the uh the little slight change of it in the that was the last chorus, I believe, a little bit less Jack up in my truck because I if you I know if you remember at least Logan does from high school basically everybody in high school drew, drove jacked up trucks
2: except for me and you and, we just had yeah, basically trucks. we're probably the only
1: people in the whole county that didn't have jacked up hey, pickups hey, hey i had a toyota corolla
2: well you also went to the city school so yes
1: yeah, but the like two is like, i i generally don't like any lyrics about lifted up trucks but mm-hmm. i actually like this one because nobody when they get older still lifts their trucks it's part of growing up in the South, I guess, is that that is something that changes when you get up. And I like to play on like the little bit less jack and then changing the line for the second course. I've always yeah. liked when people do that.
2: Well, all those kids uh, jacking their trucks up now in North Carolina, maybe I saw on Twitter, maybe they can use their stimulus money to jack up the back end and it just won't be riding around <laughs> with the Carolina squat. Only if I'm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think it's a solid song. I agree. I think that if, if this is indicative of the direction he's going to go for this next album, I'm, I'm all for it. And um, I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to release because the guy has the ability to, to make some good music. I mean, you go back to mm-hmm. Beer with Jesus, fantastic song. And um, I, I I just have been disappointed at times. Um, but, you know, as an aside, Ryan, uh, we, we interviewed an artist out of Texas named Austin Upchurch that the, before he started his band the very first time he sung on stage, I think he said he was with his then girlfriend at a Thomas Rhett concert, Thomas Rhett pulled him up on stage and told him to, uh, uh, what song do you want to sing? He was like, I think it was, um, star of the show and star of the show hadn't been released yet. he had only heard it on YouTube and he, and the Thomas Rhett covered the mic and he goes, how the fuck do you know that song? He was like, I know every word I saw it on YouTube. And he, uh, he sung on stage with Thomas Rhett that night at a, at a small venue show. It was kind of cool. Very cool. All right. So, taking it from current mainstream country and throwing it a little bit back in time, a blast from the past, uh, with a guy named who's a country legend in his own right, Ronnie Millsap, um, guy that was really big in the eighties. Um, he's released a, a new record this year, and this song has been, I believe, released as a single on the streaming platforms called Wild Honey. So, uh, Andy, what do you say, Wild Honey or Ronnie Millsap?
1: I'm giving this one a crap. The, uh, the lyrics i do not really like the song it's basically is hey my girl's hot <laughs> and then the one that's stuck in my head is the the line i think it's uh when she wants some loving, i'm the lucky guy if you put that in less pg like words i'm like this is just not very like i this is not good to be saying in songs i don't like songs like this I don't know what you call the little like uh, synthesizer. I call it the Bon Jovi tube that's in the uh, in the chorus. I don't like that. It's the sound of it. Didn't really particularly like it. To, it's not that great. Well, you're an '80s country hater, so I have really have nothing good to say about this song. <laughs> All
2: right, so how, on the crap scale, what did you give it? Just a regular one.
1: Just regular crap.
2: And just one crap. All right, we got our first it's crap better the than day. Tim McGraw. Yeah, it was better than that Tim McGraw song that Kyle was talking about being a jam, and it was utter ass.
1: Okay, bring the old <laughs> stuff
4: again.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you can't beat a dead horse on this show. Well, um, <laughs> Ryan, what about you, Wild Honey, Ronnie Millsap?
3: I want to point out that he's from Robbinsville, North Carolina, and he's either partially blind or completely blind. Um, so those are two things he's got going for him. Good for you, buddy, for, for making good music and all that, but um, this – we're supposed to respect our elders, right? So I'm going to respectfully pass on this one and call this one crap. I, this is absolute crap. Um, similar to what Andy was saying, uh, I, if Chase wrote if Chase Rice wrote these lyrics, we would destroy him. We would destroy him. Yes. Yeah, when she wants some sugar, you know I'm her sugar pie. She's my wild honey. Everyone, everybody knows my honey just wild about me. Come on, come on. I'm like a kid in a candy store with a feast for hungry eyes. Like. Come on! I just uh, it also uh, when I played it for my wife and uh, I, Logan, I texted you about this. It's the same beat as the Ricochet song. You remember the band Ricochet when they yeah. had money? She got her daddy's money. Yep. her mom's good. <laughs> it's, yeah. the same beat.
2: it's the same beat. It, that wasn't a good song either. This is this is this is crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two craps, Kyle. What do you say, Ronnie Mills? At Wild Honey.
4: Yeah, I was giving it a crap the first time I listened to it. I was like, okay. Let's- kind of generic sound and then I was just riding down the road today and I heard the lyric that he was talking about in the candy store and I was like did he just say what I think he said? I, I I replayed it and I was like that's that's kind of weird you know it's like whenever she's around I just feel like a kid in the candy store I can't stop with just one Yes, I gotta have more and more I was like it's kind of weird and I was so then I looked up the lyrics and I was like yeah I don't I, like like Orion said. We would destroy Tracey's rights. Yeah, the writer
2: song. of the song, Daryl.
4: Mm, yeah, this is a song like if it was. We got to give credit to Ronnie Millsap, like yeah, as you said, country legend in his own right. This is a song. If it was written by somebody else, we would get Classic Rock Carter to read the lyrics on, on the episode. <laughs> so man, yeah, that's, a, that's a crap. Yeah. So it it wasn't really until I listened to the lyrics until I really made up my mind or looked up the lyrics and I was like isn't very good
1: so yeah i agree with you on that one like the more i listened to it the worse it got
2: yeah it So this, this one was a uh it was a shower not a grower
1: Some but the say. wrong way <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so i initially had this as a light crap but i'm going to come to his defense a little bit here and i'm going to point out the positives in this song because the key Short difference lift. the key difference between um this and like say the bro country or the boyfriend country now is the sonic sounds. Um, we I've always said, and so it was a lot of people that bro country era from 2013 to 2015, whatever the hot, uh, hot watermark for that was the, the biggest problem with that was not the the trite lyrics and the cliche uh, Dixie cups and Daisy Dukes, all that other bullshit. It was, it was the sound, man. They were, they were, had a lot of drum machines They had snap tracks. It wasn't country. Like it, if we want to be honest, Uh, Country Boy Can't Survive is a checklist bro country song, but it's set to a country or sound. So people it's more platable to people. And Hank Jr. did it. So people give it a pass. I'm going to kind of say the same thing with Ronnie Millsap here. It definitely has an 80s sound. And I know Andy is an 80s hater of country music, but I, I find it a little bit you know, endearing in some ways because you don't hear 80s country much anymore. And this guy, this is what pop country used to be. If this was still pop country, radio would be in a better place. He was the pop country artist of his era. So it wasn't like he's George Strait. When you have that in mind, it's not, he's not reinventing the wheel. Um, as I said, with the, the first song by uh, Tristan, but it, it, it's just a normal, straight down the middle, vanilla country song about a girl. And one of the things about country is it, it, the simplistic art form. It's not always going to be heavy narrative songs by Evan Felker or Tyler Childers. It's just kind of like made for radio. If this was 1984, 1986, it would be a, would be a number one hit. It would be. Um, and I will say that I do appreciate, even though the lyrics are not that great, I do appreciate the turn of phrase and the hook. Um, that you don't see in a lot of country songs anymore, where he says, whoa, she's my wild honey. Well, and everybody knows my honey is just wild about me. It's the same thing BJ Barham did with, she gave up the drinking, uh, or I gave up the drinking before she gave up on me. It's it's that classic country turn of phrase in the hook that I have to appreciate. That all being said, it isn't that great of a song. Um, I'm going to give it a light slap, just out of respect for uh, Ronnie Millsap, just because you three hated on it the whole time. But yeah, he could do better.
0: Put this one in the top pocket for a couple of months down the road. Bring up some old stuff
2: on D-berry. <laughs> hey, at least I rationalized mine. You just said eh, that awful enough. Tim McGraw song was a jam. I tried to was, rationalize man. my I, point.
0: I yeah, well, I didn't really have a reason to think that. It was just sketchy to me. Yeah, so what I was apologized. it? 3,500
2: OBO? I mean, get get that yeah, fuck out okay, of here. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> Kick him while he's down. Yeah. All right, moving back to Texas for a little while. Um, here's a guy. Named Slade Coulter. He's a brand new guy on the scene. I want to say he's out of West Texas. I think he went to Texas Tech. I believe he is also managed by Dalton Domino. He's part of this like younger crowd of artists that Dalton Domino is kind of bringing up. Jacob Stelly being one, Cat Aisty being the other. We talked about Cat last episode and Slade Coulter being the other. Uh, Slade Coulter definitely is from that younger scene of more rock-leaning Texas music, which I'm very much a big fan of. Um, you know, obviously the big name's Co Wetzel, but you also got like Joe and the Guns, Austin Mead, Austin Upchurch. There is just a bunch of them that are coming up with this more rock-leaning sound. Um, and I kind of dig it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to throw it over to Kyle here first. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mary, Slade Coulter, what do you think?
0: Um, Of the you gave us this was probably my favorite song I had never heard of Slade Coulter until you turned me on to him today and I spent most of my day listening to his stuff um, I I really like the, the rock element of the country scene as I've stated plenty of times um, and I haven't really invested time in the lyrics or anything because I don't really care just because it sounds so good <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean the lyrics may be crap I haven't looked at them I've just listened to the song because it sounds good so and that's half of the battle for any song does it sound good. So this is a good it's a strong slap for me.
2: All right. Ryan, what what do you say? Again, coming into this podcast
3: without knowing what you guys would say or anything about a lot of these guys, it's kinda interesting. Um I had in the notes here, is this guy buddies with Dalton? It, isn't he from Lovick? So that's interesting that he's getting managed by Dalton Domino. That's cool. Thank you, Logan, for turning me on to him and I'd never heard of this guy either. So uh I also appreciated this. This this is a this is a great song. Um, first of all, this guy's name is Slade. I mean, that's just cool points right there. That's that rock could, and roll. <laughs> that gets him halfway there. Um, I mentioned earlier about Rustin Kelly. That's where I was thinking of with this guy. Um, it's that kind of mockingbird sound. I, I understand mockingbird has a heavy harmonica at the beginning, but sonically, it's kind of the same. I, I had written down here like, is this country? Like, th- this is a rock song, right? Yeah. Like, I'm older, but this could have been a Counting Crows or Wallflower song when I was growing up. They've got a really tight guitar solo, about 15 seconds long at two minutes in. It's perfectly done to be on radio. I mean, this is one headlight down to the Hammond organ in the background and the idea of the pretty girl who left town. I mean, it's, it's literally the same, same piece. Um, also, I was trying to place his voice the closest I could get. And when, once I hit on it, it made perfect sense. He's Adam Duritz from the Counting Crows. I couldn't place his voice. I went to Parker. I went to Dalton. I went to a couple other people. Who is it? I went to the guys from third eye blind and it just, it's, it's Adam Duritz. Honestly, that that is who he reminded me of. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, um, the only other thing that I, that, that I had in there was just, I I like the line, the way you turn it off and on just scares me when he's talking about how she's going to be on TV and she gets really good at acting. Uh, I won't believe a word you say every little story you fabricate. I mean, that's, that's, that's a nice turn of phrase to use the um, comment you made earlier. So this, this is solid. Um, different from a lot of his other music so far from what I was able to tell, but this is really good.
2: Yeah. Um, slap. I, Sorry. <laughs> slap. <laughs> slap. Two slaps. No, I mean, I, I generally agree. I'm going to throw it over Andy before I give my final thoughts on this. Hey, Mary, by Slade Coulter.
1: Despite as many times as Logan has told me to listen to this guy, this is the first song I've ever heard from him. Because and I, this is as far as I've gotten. That's I've, on my checklist to do for tomorrow is to finish listening to more of him. I think he sounds like Cleto Cordero and Reed Southall mixed together. Certain like way, like the way he pronounces words or the tone in his voice when he says it, he reminds me of Cleto and uh um, yeah, that could the be the west, west
2: texas influence too it could be that just could be his a, accent Cleto's a TTU
1: guy too. yeah but i've never heard i've never heard anybody else sounded like Cleto before so i don't i don't know if it's his accent from where they're from i don't know what that is but it reminded me of Cleto a little bit and maybe like reed southall or someone that kind of sounds like reed southall but um one of the things i liked about the song too is that like the opening verse to it it's one of those like lyrics is like, I don't exactly know what he just said. And I really have no idea what it meant. And it's one of those that I want to keep listening to, to just better understand what he's getting at in the lyrics. So it's, it draws, it catches me. It's different. And it draws me in. Cause I, of just the lyrics, I like the sound of the song. I'm going to give it a slap. Definite slap.
2: Yeah. So like, I pretty much agree with what you guys have to say about this. I'm obviously I've, Told you about this guy a few weeks ago. I was hoping you were going to eventually listen to him. But um, I'm a big fan of Slate Coulter and a lot of the guys that that Dalton is managing. Um, I, I give this song a hard slap because this was my favorite song of the five by far. Um, the, I love the sound of this song. Like I said, the, the, that kind of the Texas rock scene that's kind of developing with guys in their early to late 20s. I think is fantastic. It's a good change up from on your playlist from, um, you know, the Randall Kings and the Tristan, um, Marez and people like that. It's, it's a good, like change of pace. And, um, it, it's this song in particular is very similar thematically to Co Wetzel's make believe it's, you know, it's a song about a love triangle of a guy and a girl, and then she won't leave the guy that she's with who isn't right for her, even though he wants her to, and he really wants to be with her. And it, deep down, I think, you don't really know if she wants to be with him, but she knows that she'd be better off with him, but she doesn't leave the situation she's in. And I I really like that idea um, a lot in a song, but in particular, I love the line, I'm a sucker for women who never make up their damn mind. Like, good Lord, man. Like, I think we've all been there at times. Like, there's a... uh, there, there's an element of truth that it's very relatable with that line that I just, I, this song is, is some I think is one of his best songs he's put out to date, so it gets a hard slap from me. All right, so away from Texas and into the realm, back, pivoting back to mainstream, I guess you want to call this country? I don't fucking know at this point. Um, we're going to go with No Sad Songs by Nico Moon. Ryan, <laughs> give us your first thought.
3: This is another guy with a caps lock problem on Spotify. Why is every single one of his songs capitalized? Um, Hardy pulls this move too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I read about him. I didn't heard of him before today. He's got the country boy street cred with the roots in Georgia and the ties to Zach Brown band, having written five or six songs for the guys. He's also signed to CAA though. And he worked with uh, Mr. Man of the moment, Luke Combs. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, he sure went through the Nashville microwave pretty quick, and he's out and ready to serve to the public. Um, expect to hear this song at summer country concert tailgates. It'll be bumping out the back of each Ford F one fifty that Daddy bought for graduation. Lined <laughs> up side by side, girls in the back dancing happily or sloppily, and barely broken in cowboy boots with just enough liquor in their cup to get them lit. Little <laughs> play stump with their college hats on backwards and their shirts tucked in. I mean, come on, the
0: song is bad. You just triggered so many people. <laughs>
2: but I, but the question is, there was no lie detected.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He just I
3: mean, triggered so many people.
2: <laughs> it's true. Catchy. <laughs> it
3: is. It's catchy, but is it good? I mean, he hits all the notes and I literally wrote him down. He's breaking into Lucchese. Excuse me, Lucchese. He's got my good time drinking his hand. He's got a long week that he's about to drink off. He's got Sweet Home of Alabama, Chicken Fried, Wagon Wheel. I mean, he's... He want something to play something we can raise hell to and praise Dale to. I mean, he didn't say that, but <laughs> this, this is less Bubba Sparks and more Asher Roth in that it's catchy for a summer jam one year. This is like the Buy Me a Boat song with Chris Jansen, where you know exactly where you were and it came out and you can envision the parking lot where you were when you heard it the first time. I, I don't like it. Um, this, this, is, this is crap, in case you can't tell. I also don't <laughs> like the line about uh, he did mention, however. I do think this is a good, I'll, I'll say this, as it's a good mixer for a DJ to move from hip-hop to country and back. And I know that we, on our other podcast, talked to Sonny Ledford about this. And this is a Sonny Ledford jam, if I've ever heard one. So I the idea of moving between hip-hop and, uh, and, and country back and forth, it's probably going to do really well on the radio, and he's probably going to be really popular. But this particular song is
1: absolute crap.
2: All right, there's one, uh, one absolute crap. Andy, what do you say?
1: I had never heard of this guy before. And when you first sent it, I actually was thinking it was going to be a good song. Cause he, his name sounds like he would have very creative songs and he has a cool name.
2: Well, I apologize for uh, exposing you to this, this um,
1: ridiculous artist. And uh, first of all, sad songs make me happy. And then um, since when is wagon wheel, a happy song? I don't, if you're playing happy songs, uh, uh, The Wagon Wheel doesn't strike me as a happy song. And first, I feel like this guy wants to listen to Darius Rucker's Wagon Wheel as well, which is a crying shame. So it's an Old Crow Medicine show song, and nothing else exists. And um, this guy sounds like he listened to Sellout song by Kevin Fowler. And, and took it seriously. It and took <laughs> it seriously, because it sounds identical to that song. I, I don't think he got the joke and I think he thought this. I'm going to rip off this and be number one on country radio.
2: But he doesn't have the hot girls in the music video.
1: They haven't seen the video. I was hoping there was at least going to be some hot girls in it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's what Zane Williams uh, is that new hot number one country song good? No, but the girls are sure hot. <laughs> so That's a letdown. That was the only hope I had. Hard crap.
2: <laughs> All right, Kyle. <laughs> uh,
0: so going back to ryan's point when you when i looked him up on spotify and i saw all his songs were in all caps, i immediately was like oh no <laughs> no okay. no uh so that kind of immediately put me on like the the negative streak toward, towards him and i finally realized he was the one that i hear the the good time song that you hear all the time yep. on the highway and i was like oh this is who this guy is um and the song immediately reminded me, like he, I can't remember the song uh, the, On a Boat uh, by the Chris Jansen song. It reminded me of the pontoon song. Uh, who sings that?
2: that uh, was, little Big Town.
0: Little Big Town. That was like super popular in like 2014 that everyone on the lake played. Um, it's a crap song. It's not a good song either. No, it's not.
1: But, it, you yeah, know, it, this
0: isn't a good song, but it's going to be uber successful and he's going to be uber rich off of it. But it's not a good song. So that's about all I
2: have to say on it. Well, we have three hard craps. Um, You know, I'm just going to say this is an awful song. Actually, it's not just an awful song. It's a shitstorm of a song from the horrible drum machine beats to start off with to the the trite cliche lyrics of everything that's supposed to be country uh, that he checks off. I mean, realistically, this is just music for suburban soccer moms to feel country when they're going out with the girls to have Margarita Night at Chili's. That's all this is. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that this is what people want to listen to. It It is absolutely terrible. He said, no sad songs. That ain't it, Chief. Like Andy said, sad songs make me happy, douchebag. And the, <laughs> the thing about it, he like he the lyrics are just like where it gets me. Like I've I've heard songs like this before sonically and it is what it is. But the lyrics about this, like. One, he shouts out his own music that if you're not Brad Paisley, you can't get away with that in country music. But he shouts out his own music when he said, so keep that good time spinning on repeat. Yeah. You shouted out your own song, you douche canoe. Like, don't do that. You're not you're not Brad Paisley. You're not going to be able to have that tongue in cheek kind of kitschy um, style of music like you're wearing that the the little uh it's not a cowboy hat, but y'all you know the kind of hat I'm talking about that you see every girl wearing in a sundress at a brewery um, in North course, Carolina on Saturdays.
0: The, yeah, it's when her and the girls go out on Sunday to the winery. And yes. They, yes, that, that's what they are. Those hats are always the ones you see in the fall where they wear like the knee high boots and the yes. really big shawl looking shirts. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's the kind of hat he's wearing. Like, you know, and then what really I almost threw up at the very beginning of this song when he said, yeah. You'd think it's hunting season. By the way, I'm killing the goose. Yeah. One, I, I, with the way you look like you've been packaged for pop country radio, I, I don't think this guy's ever, like, I'm not a hunter, but I admit that I don't pretend to hunt. I don't think this guy's ever shot a goose. and I very highly doubt that he can kill much of a bottle of gray goose. So like, don't, don't put out like, like uh, puke of lyrics onto at the very beginning of the song like that. It's ridiculous. Like I, come on, breaking in the Casey boots. You probably never saw the Casey boots until your label gave them to you. When, when you met with your image consultant for the first time, like <laughs> get out of here. This song is a hard crap. I wish I never had discovered this guy, but he's going to end up being, you know, the fun dance guy that uh, plays at the festival I know he's playing in June at the Myrtle beach, um, country music festival they have down there on the side of where the pavilion is. I, I mean, it's just, it's a shame. Um, I, I already know people that say they, they really like his music. Cause he said that his new album is going to be nothing but fun, upbeat, you know, uh, positive country music, bro. This is country music. Like we, we like a little heartbreak. We like a little tear in our beer, drowning down our sorrows with whiskey under the neon light. Like get out of here with that crap. It's Bush league. Mm-hmm.
1: No, when you said he was shouted out his own song. I had no idea that was his own song. I thought he meant, like, let the good times roll. Like, I didn't, I had no clue that was a song. Never heard of it. Yeah, it,
2: it's not good. It's a hard crap.
0: <laughs> now, I don't like to uh, judge people based on appearances or whatnot. But when I saw but this you image, but I am about to right now. <laughs> I don't mean this week. the
2: classic saying, I don't mean no harm, but.
0: But when I saw this image on Spotify, I was like, wow, this guy looks like if Nashville country. Just threw some shit in a blender and then this is what popped out. Denim yeah, shirt. Sure. Jimmy Allen yeah. hurt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's in a cornfield or really, it might not be corn. It might be like cattails a swamp or something. Yeah. Oh, goodness.
2: Yeah. Well, to be fair to the guy, he's probably a really nice guy. He probably isn't a tortured soul like some of the people we listen to and we tout on this show all the time. Like, he's probably a a very decent human being, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're bereft of criticism from the crap music that you put on Mm -hmm. Spotify for everybody to dance around to at the tailgates.
0: Hey, man. He's got
2: more money than I do. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Maybe who's doing what right, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. I mean, so he's got 42 million plays on one song on Spotify. He's doing something.
2: Uh, that life. was that was mind boggling when I saw that. I think it was good time, right?
0: Yeah. Like
2: forty and he did a remix with Shaggy, I believe of that song. Yeah, the, like, you all
0: you need to know is where he stands on music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but 42 million streams is unfathomable, man. Like especially for that song. Yes.
3: Would that make him like 37 cents?
2: Probably. <laughs> he might be able to uh to buy a little bit of, of Sean for his Lucases that he sings about. <laughs> Some saddles. These are expensive. (laughs) Oh, I know. But, but yeah. Well, that wraps up this segment of, uh, Slapper crap. One thing I'd like to mention before we wrap up the episode, I I know I sent it to Andy, but I I think that uh, you guys probably, you both would probably like it. Parker on his, uh, Parker McCollum on his Instagram live, he does a lot of like unreleased songs. Um, We just put out an article on the website, countrycoldcans.com, countrycoldcans.com. We put out a a post talking about one of them that he just released um, like two days ago. He wrote it with Miranda Lambert, uh, John Randall, and Randy Rogers. And it's called Happy Ever After, but it's not about being happy ever after. I think it's a really good song. I think it's some really damn good songwriting in that. So um, I'm excited to hear some of these new tunes he's been he's been playing. Because like Andy and I were saying, on his IG Live, he's all the time playing some unreleased stuff. So I've heard probably half the record now acoustically before it even drops. Do you
0: think Miranda will be featured on that song?
2: That would be a really big career boost for him. It would, and if he's already riding with her, I mean, I mean that would—it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: they're on tour together, right? I mean, well, I guess not because of COVID, but they were going to go on tour together. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. They are—they were going to. So, so maybe maybe there's something tied in there could be because you know, um, I, 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 Randy Rogers, man, like he was managed by Randy Rogers for a long time before he like got a little bigger, but Randy Rogers is kind of like responsible for. Given Parker an open door for his ascent. And um, as we've said on this show a lot, Parker is an interesting guy for us because his music is slick and clean enough for the mainstream, but it still has some depth to it. And it, it still is kind of rooted in Texas. But at the same time, he's got the look to be able to to be able to be successful in the mainstream. I mean, there you'll be surprised how many people on my Instagram of girls I know that follow this guy who do not know anything about Texas country whatsoever, but they follow Parker McCollum. So that's just a that's a good sign for him moving forward that I think he's going to end up having some uh bigger success. It just uh Andy, I guess we're never going to see him again at a place the size of city limits.
1: Probably not. <laughs> Glad we went while we could. Yep. Glad I remember the first half of it. <laughs>
0: I
2: have yep. <laughs> oh man. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you uh, sitting in with us on this edition of Slapper Crap.
3: No worries. No worries. Good songs yep. for the most part.
2: For the most part. Well, for this uh, episode of Country and Cold Cans, as always, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle and this week sitting here with Ryan. Be sure to check out Miserable and Reckless on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Podcast and Apple Podcast. Uh, we will sh- give you some pretty fun content over there. I wouldn't say it's always positive, but it's a, it's a good show to listen to. (laughs) We'll see you next time.